Hello? You play to win the game. Let's go to eat a damn snack. We're taking receipts, and I can't wait to shove it down everyone's throat when it comes around. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. And the battered fans are back. Took a week off. Last time we spoke to you guys, there were two AFC teams in the playoffs. There are now none. Misery loves company. So I'm a little happier now since the Dolphins and Bills are both out of it. But outside of that, we are ready to talk some offseason football. Yep. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right, man. Um, it, it We're in a peculiar position, right? Like both of our teams, depending on how you want to look at it, um, either exceeded expectations or met expectations in some people's eyes. Didn't you but guys now, disappoint? I, I wouldn't say we disappointed because I think it's how you look at it. I personally thought 10 to 13 wins. You heard me say that countless of times. Yes. Um, we, we were on the cusp of that 10th win, but then we made the playoffs and we gave the Buffalo Bills a fight for their life. Now, granted, did we really give them a fight for their life? Because then they went up, then they played the Bengals at home and looked horrible. Mm-hmm. We both agree the Bengals are obviously a much better team than Miami Dolphins. So for what the Buffalo Bills are and what everybody considered us to go up there and get mollywopped, I say we finished on a, on a high note. Um, so I think we met expectations for you guys. I think you guys exceeded expectations. But what I was going to say is we're both in the position that we're both looking for coordinator roles to fill. So I guess that's the most exciting part for us to talk about right now because a big need for you is offensive coordinator and for us is defensive coordinator. But that's what we're going to talk about on today's show. Yeah, and before we get into the coordinator talk, the last time we were on here, we were talking about how we felt that maybe there should be a playoff mandate for Rob Sala, and if Mike LaFord came back and all the whole crew, that it should be on there for everybody. Yeah. But um, since then, Mike LaFord is gone, and Woody Johnson came out and said, officially, there is no playoff mandate. Do I believe him? No. no. Maybe that's a way of maybe taking a little pressure off of Salah, at least publicly. But I think Rob Salah knows. I think he knows that that there's a playoff mandate, even if it's unspoken. And I, I think for the most part, all Jets fans know. And wouldn't you agree from outside perspective? There's a playoff mandate. I, I, I we talked about it. You know, me, you, and Gunny, we talked about it before, uh, leading into that Dolphins Jets game. That it was unfair to make put a mandate on this season that just finished. But for sure. Once he brings in an offensive coordinator that could probably get the most out of said quarterback um, that's on your team, that there probably should be a uh, a mandate next season. And I think the the reason I, I led with you guys exceeding expectations is the fact that you guys exceeded expectations is the fact why there should be a playoff mandate next season. But just like your owner coming out saying there's no playoff mandate, I don't believe him. Just like my GM and coach got together and said, no, two is 100% our starting quarterback next year. Or, of course, until Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers comes knocking at your door, I think that you have to give that front to said people. But behind closed doors, we all know. Well, we all don't personally because me and Denny have never worked behind closed doors for any NFL team. But we've seen enough where people say, yes, it's going to be this way. Three weeks later, Denny, it's not that way anymore. You know what's the only reason I I think he might have gone with the whole there is no playoff mandate? I think he doesn't want to kind of put himself in a corner. And by that, I mean, let's say hypothetically, mm-hmm. right? It's semantics, but let's say hypothetically, the Jets are looking good. They go eight and three and they have a starting quarterback. We don't know who that's going to be, but let's say the starting quarterback goes down with the season ending injury. Yeah. And all of a sudden they just fall apart. Right. You think to yourself, well, they were looking pretty good. 
but their star quarterback just went down with an injury. No playoffs, but it looked like they should have made the playoffs. Should we fire him anyway? So I feel like it, it's almost like semantics. Let me not paint myself into a corner, but if if there isn't a drastic injury or anything like that and you still don't make the playoffs, then I'm sorry. You're done. So I agree. I, I think that's what it was. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the reason you, you know I like Rob Sala. I think he's a great coach for the New York Jets. I think mm-hmm. that his personality goes really well in New York. We're going to shove those receipts down everybody's throat. Like mm-hmm. he he gives me that Rex Ryan vibe that whatever gets thrown at him is just going to bounce off that chisel body of his. Like I, I I think he's perfect for that for that market. But like the next topic says here, like you got to fill in the void, right? And which void is more important to fill in first? Is it your quarterback or your coach? I don't know if you want me to take the reins on this and go first, but yeah, I go ahead. Tell me what do you think? What do you think? What what should be? What comes first? I personally think you have to go OC first, and here's why. You never want to force somebody's hand to work with somebody that they don't want to work with. And I'm not saying that these guys aren't professionals. They're going to work with whoever's in that room, right? But the fact that Mike McDaniel came down down to Miami, even though he wanted to hire his own defense coordinator, like, nope, you're not doing that. You don't want to put an OC in the same position of, oh, you're going to have to work with Zach Wilson. Well, what if he can't get the most out of Zach Wilson? Because there isn't more to get out of Zach Wilson. I think that once you find the OC first, now OC, GM, which, by the way, you have a great GM, and Rob Sala can basically get in a room together and find out what the best direction is for the quarterback room moving forward. I think you have to have those three positions in place before you decide on who the quarterback of the future is. How about you? I agree with what you're saying. <clears throat> the only thing that sucks about this is because I, I agree. I think you need to hire the OC first so he can fi- he can assist with finding a quarterback that's going to fit with the system that he feels comfortable with. The yeah. only thing is that I think that not having a quarterback in place makes it difficult for OCs to want to come here. So, for example, let, let, we're going to go over OC options, what we think of them, and at the very yeah. end I'll tell you who I, I hope we get and who I think we'll get. Now, okay. the problem is one person that I was kind of excited about was somebody that you know very well. <coughs> Sorry. Um, I know that guy. Yeah, Daryl Bevel. I thought that he would have been a great hire. But what did he say to us, Manny? Uh, no, thank you. I would rather stay in town with uh, Tua Tungavailoa, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, and all these other litany of offensive weapon options that he has on the Miami Dolphins, then go up to New York and have to deal with potentially a Zach Wilson-led quarterback room. Because you don't know what the quarterback situation is. Now, do I think if he knew that he was going to have an Aaron Rodgers, a Derek Carr, Ooh, a Tom yeah. Brady, you know, even, even a Lamar Jackson, by the way, if he knew. By the way, he's, he's not saying that you guys are getting those quarterbacks. He's saying that if those were in the room, right, it would be right. a different position. Like right. if, if one of those was signed right now, then it, it might be a little more appealing. It's like, okay, I don't mind leaving this good, well-oiled offensive team that I have here with the Dolphins that I'm not necessarily the offensive coordinator for. Right, and take an offensive coordinator job somewhere else. He could grow more. He could grow more into that position. Like he could learn more for the potential next spot. But I think that that was one of the reasons why he was quick to say no. He's like, I got a good situation here. I don't want to go be an offensive coordinator over there with so much uncertainty. So although I do agree with you that offensive coordinator probably should be what you get first before you find that quarterback, I think it's going to hinder us 
on the offensive coordinator options that we have to get. So case in point, Derek Buffalo, somebody that a lot of people wanted. That's the guy that I wanted. I would have put number one on my list. But again, not happening. So we're going to run through this list of guys. Before you do, by the way, by the way, I cut you off when you started mentioning those quarterbacks because I could just just already see in the comments, oh, these guys think they're getting Tom Brady at quarterback. So I wanted to nip that in the ass. That is not what he was talking about. He just said potentially no, if he no, had no. one of those names. Anybody would jump right. at the opportunity to be the offensive coordinator for the Jets if you were getting one of those names. Or even a Derek Carr, which isn't necessarily yeah. a GOAT, but no. he's a good Very franchise quarterback. quarterback. Correct. So you know what you're getting when you sign the job. But if somebody signs with the Jets right now, they still don't know who's going to be their quarterback. So Zach, they're like, okay, so Zach am I going to get somebody wife, right. that could run my offense? Like, you got you got Bevel. He signs on. All of a sudden, they get Lamar Jackson. He's like, holy shit, I got to redo my whole system because like, this isn't going to work. So I think that that's going to be the issue we're going to have. And your coach is in a position kind of like how mine is, right? He wants to hire somebody who's going to take complete control of the offense, just like we're going to hire somebody to take complete control of the defense. And I think that's what you, what you said is a very good point. You need to hire the coach first because his system is going to need to fit most quarterbacks. And like you said, you got a Lamar Jackson. Not every system is going to work for Lamar Jackson. No, not many, honestly. Um, all right, so let me run a couple through a Let's couple of names. You tell me what you think of these guys, okay. and I'll tell you what I think and if we think – there's a chance that he comes to the Jets. Okay. First off, this name I've seen thrown around. I don't think anybody threw it around seriously, but I feel like we, it's necessary to put him out there anyway. Yeah. We got Cliff Kingsbury. Out in the Philippines, hanging out with what I could potentially assume many, many nice ladies. Um, <laughs> he, he left his multi-million dollar mansion behind nice and empty. But you know what, Danny, when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury, yes, Didn't he bought he a just signed pick- an extension last year. He did. He's literally getting paid five years worth of coaching to do nothing. And that's why I think he did buy a one-way ticket to the Philippines. But here's another point to you. Granted, he was hired to try to get the most out of Kyler Murray. But even when you go back to his collegiate days, he wasn't blowing anybody out of the water. Yes, offensively, he was putting a lot of points. But he didn't have a winning record in college. He obviously didn't have a winning record in the NFL. I think he was hired because of said name. Maybe he is better as an offense coordinator, kind of like how Adam Gase was. Adam Gase showed that he was better of offense coordinator. He should probably never head coach in the NFL again. But I think when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury, maybe his role is an OC, but he should definitely not be the head coach of any football team. The thing with Cliff Kingsbury is that sure. in college, he had some good names. He did. Didn't he have Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback? At Yeah, Texas A&M, yeah. I mean, not Texas A&M, at Texas Tech. So I, I think he got a lot of credit for the quarterbacks that he. Had. I want to say he even had Baker Mayfield at one point. I don't think he had Baker Mayfield, but I, I'll double check that right now. So he's had some names. That's what's helped him kind of with the whole offensive genius thing. But again, I don't even think he's an option. So he's off in the Philippines somewhere, one way ticket. He's not coming back anytime soon. Definitely not before the start of next season. So we're not gonna get Cliff Kingsbury. So. Somebody that is a possibility. Yep. Your boy Joe Brady. I, I like Joe Brady. I think when we were going through our, our 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 head coaching search last season, like Mike McDaniel's name came up, and I was like, maybe. But Joe Brady had been a name for quite some time. So I was thinking about guys like Doug Peterson, like what Doug Peterson's doing in Jacksonville right now. I was thinking people are Joe Brady, as bad as the Panthers have been. 
they've shown signs that even with their decimated roster, they could still make some noise. So for me, I think Joe Brady's a very sexy name. But here's my thing. Would he take a job for an OC position, kind of leaving a position in in Carolina where it's kind of similar to what he's going to get in New York? Well, Joe Brady, he's in Buffalo right now. Sorry, Buffalo. I apologize. Now, the thing with Joe Brady is that I believe that Ken Dorsey is getting some head coaching opportunities as far as interviews. Yeah. If Ken Dorsey gets a job as a head coach, which I don't know if that's going to happen, but if he does, I feel like Joe Brady might want to stick around because he might just elevate himself to be the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. I agree. So I think that that Joe Brady might just stay put because he thinks – I could just be an offensive coordinator for Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Like, that seems like a pretty sweet gig, and I'm already adjusted to the Buffalo Bills organization. When I when I brought him up about the – I'm sorry. You know, he did work for the Panthers, and when he yeah. was on the Panthers, he was d- doing a very good job out there. He went to Buffalo, and I think and I think working under a Ken Dorsey and working under um, – his name slips me, the head coach for the Buffalo Bills right now. Uh, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. I think that when you work under people like that and you see the talent you have around you, I think he's gained enough experience to be a head coach now or at least get get the level of it. If I'm him, now that I'm I'm working under Ken Dorsey, I'd probably take another OC position, get my resume to look a little bit better, and then potentially be a head coach next season or the following season, I should say. The only thing with Joe Brady is that when he was running the Panthers, yeah, he had Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback. Right. And, and I remember and I remember when Sam Darnold got traded to the Panthers, Yeah, and Teddy Bridgewater came out and said, this team runs its offensive drills horribly. They don't practice two-minute drills. They don't practice in the red zone. And that's Joe Brady running the the, the team at that point. And I remember I was only thinking of it as far as the aspect of Sam Darnold because I was thinking, damn, it sucks for Sam Darnold because he's going to a team that really isn't going to help him improve much. Now, Joe Brady ended up getting fired. Mm -hmm. Because everybody there got fired. Right, but because they were playing well. So right. my only thing is, if Teddy Bridgewater comes out and criticizes you, have you ever heard Teddy Bridgewater criticize anybody? He's a very soft-spoken guy. So yeah. that thing, that would turn me off a little bit, hearing what Teddy Bridgewater said. Like, obviously, maybe play, uh, coaching under McDermott and Dorsey in Buffalo kind of gives you some better experience. Yeah. You know, I'm sure if he gets that opportunity again, he won't treat it the same way he did before. And listen, Matt Rule is not a great person to learn from. I don't think Matt Rule is a great person to learn from, but what I'm saying from an offensive standpoint, yeah, they weren't putting 40 points up on the board, but for the and, – and, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, he had Christian McCaffrey. That's why his offense even looked semi-decent. I get that. But he still didn't have a talented quarterback in the room where he's going to be like, you still got to get the right people to get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Um, if I'm not mistaken, DJ Moore was also there. So they had – semi-weaponry in Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. But other than that, they had no quarterback. They had no real offensive line. They had no tight ends. What I'm saying is I think for what he was given, he did the most he could with it. Ultimately, like you said, everybody got fired in Carolina. But I I don't see Joe Brady being a bad option. But you know what what, what puts fear into me? And I know we're spending a lot of time on Joe Brady. You know what puts fear in me when it comes to Joe Brady? I feel like he's in the same position as a Matt Matt LaFleur. Like you're gonna give him that position, and now you're kind of you're kind of hiring a question mark as your OC. And I don't think that you guys are in a position where you could go Joe Brady. That's just my point. I wouldn't go Joe Brady, 
but I do think Joe Brady is a good option. I, I'm not a big fan of Joe Brady, but I'm with you, the whole question mark, and also the fact that, let's be clear, I honestly don't think there's, any, there's many sexy names out there. I think that Bevel like would have got. Yeah. I, I think Bevel would have gotten people excited, but outside of him, I think just about anybody that gets hired, there, there is one name that I think might excite some people. But mm-hmm. outside of maybe one or two options, I don't think there's anybody that's gonna get get anybody excited. I think that once um, the OC gets hired, whoever it may be, I think you're gonna hear a lot of Jets grown Jets fans go, okay, that's fine, okay. That now who's the quarterback? Like I think that's what people are, are waiting for because the OC isn't gonna get anybody. Uh, Excited. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So uh, I think I might have taken it off the banner. I'll, I'll put it on. But I wanted to come to you and I wanted to ask you about Chad O'Shea. You have good experience with him as a Dolphins fan. Tell me, well, first of all, Chad O'Shea's past that you know about and what do you think about him? I think Chad O'Shea, when he was um, in our system, working with uh, with Brian Flores, one of the – Patrick- one of the biggest things that was talked about was Brian Flores did not know how to build a competent staff. And during that competent staff comment, Chad O'Shea was on said staff. Um, There was nothing exciting about our offense when Chad O'Shea was here. Um, The only exciting part came when we had Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, which you guys obviously know very well about. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick can make any OC look good in the aspect that he's going to do some crazy during the game. You'd be like, wow, that was a great play call. But I think that was all mostly Ryan Fitzpatrick. So when it comes to Chad O'Shea, like, look at that. He went, to, he went to Cleveland, and we expected Cleveland to look good this season. They didn't. Now, granted, you know what did look good this season? Their running game. So if he's going to bring that to New York and make your running game that much better, I, I'd probably go. I'd probably go Chad O'Shea, but not – no. If I was a New York Jets uh, fan, I would not go Chad O'Shea. Uh, I'm with you. Not much to add to that. I He's with the Browns right now. He's the passing game coordinator. Was the Browns passing game this year out of this world? Even when Deshaun Watson came back, I didn't Oof. think that they were lighting it up. But I think that was more uh, rust. I, I'm not trying to defend Deshaun Watson, but what I'm saying is I think – you know how you talked about when somebody's gone for a long time and then they got to get back into the swing of things? Yeah. He, he could be a young guy, but he's still out of football for a very long time. I think we'll see a better Deshaun Watson, uh, Deshaun Watson quarterback play next year. But I don't think Chad O'Shea is going to have any difference whether he plays good or bad. I don't think Chad O'Shea is, is a name for you guys. Uh, all right. So next name, Frank Reich. Am I pronouncing that right? Is it Reek or Reich? Yeah. I think it's Reich. No, Reich. Yep, Frank Reich. What do you think of Frank Reich? He just lost his job with the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. Head coach failed with what? Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan. He made well, Philip Rivers. He, he made – he made the playoffs with Philip Rivers, uh, an aging, almost done Philip Rivers. Yeah. What do you think about Frank Reich? I think I think some people would get excited about Frank Reich as offensive coordinator. I, I think so too. I think that the reason he got that head coaching position is because he showed, hey, I'm very good as a coordinator. I deserve a head coaching position. And when you have that type of experience, that could only elevate the head coaching. I mean, the coaching staff that you already <laughs> built in New York. Um, not still not my pick. But it's not my pick just because I like another name better, which we're, we're getting to. Um, I don't think you could go wrong if you pick um, Frank Reich as your offensive coordinator. I don't know. The fact that, I mean, I, like I said, he made the playoffs with, with Phillip Rivers. So I guess that's cool. But the fact that he, Carson Wentz looked so bad under him. Matt Ryan led the league in turnovers. Like, I, I, 
again, recency bias, but mm-hmm. I feel like the Colts offense wasn't looking all that great. Jonathan Taylor and everything, and they didn't look great. So uh, I'd have to pass on Frank Reich also. Yep. Now, a name that you said that you, when I first told you about it, you thought it was a different Greg Olson, and it's because I hadn't fixed the spelling. So let me fix that now. That's fine. No, that's fine. Greg, we, don't, we know who it is. Greg Olson. Yep. Greg Olson has I have no input on Greg history. Olson, here, by the way. He has a history with Rob Sala. Okay. So we're going to start getting to some names that kind of have connections to Rob Sala or to quarterbacks that we hope to get. Greg Olson has a history. Rob Sala, they, they coached together in Jacksonville. Yep. Greg Olson was also an offensive coordinator for the, um, I guess, the Vegas, Las Rams, Vegas Raiders. Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders. I'm, they're always going to be Oakland to me. But whatever. Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr played great under him. He had two of his best seasons <laughs> under Greg Olson. Yes. Because I think there's a possibility that we end up with Carr as our quarterback – I think Greg Olson would be a great fit if that's who we're targeting to be our QB for next year. He has a connection or a history with Rob Sala already. Mm-hmm. He has a history with Derek Carr, and he had a good offense going with Derek Carr. So I yep. think that that would be a nice fit if we would go the Greg Olson route. Because of that, simply because of that connection to Carr and Salah, I think that that's a possibility if they were to, to try to get him. Now, I haven't heard about them setting up an interview with Greg Olson. So I don't know if that's actually a thing. He's right now with the Rams, but Sean McVay said, hey, if you guys can find a job somewhere else, I'm out of here. So go ahead and go find the job somewhere else. So maybe that's an option. I don't know. But I think maybe. if Derek Carr is, is what we're targeting, I think Greg Olson would be somebody that we should definitely look at. Yep. I, I, I don't have much to add to that one. I think that if it, if it entices that trade scenario to get Derek Carr to New York, I again, I'd probably go with it, but I think the next name is kind of who I'm leaning towards. I think would be a great option for you guys. Really? Yep. Oh, okay. Next name, Clint Kubiak. Yep. The only thing that only positive about Clint Kubiak is that he's Gary Kubiak's son. As far go. as that, I don't see any other positives. But I'll let you take the floor for a second. I think Clint Kubiak is kind of he's running basically the same system as as his dad. And yeah. what benefited was a lot of play action, was a lot of running the ro- running the rock, West Coast scheme. I think that that type of system, let's say Zach Wilson, I think a system where Zach Wilson is basically handing the ball off, doing quick intermediate passes, and then potentially going play action. I think Clint Kubiak's that guy. And then you want to talk about connections. Um, Greg Kubiak and uh, Rob Sala also coached together in the Houston Texans many moons ago. So you have that relationship there as well. You could basically get him in the in the building, start implementing that offense with what you have. And if you do upgrade the quarterback position, great. But I think with the pieces that you have at running back with Michael Carter and Brees Hall, and then and let's say Zach Wilson is your starting quarterback next season, I think that West Coast scheme would be great for the New York Jets. Um, what do I know about Clint Kubiak? Yeah, what do you know? I know that he was the passing coordinator for the Broncos this year, Ugh. which had Russell Wilson. That's as all on the Russell quarterback. Wilson. That is all on Russell Wilson. But go ahead. Is that all on Russell Wilson though? All of it. All of it. All of it. That Russell guy was Wilson was an MVP caliber quarterback, and he just pooped the bed. Now, you know, if we blame you, you Frank people Reich talk a lot about Carson quarterbacks. Wentz. You guys talk a lot about system quarterbacks. Russell Wilson proved that he's a system quarterback. That's all I'm going to say. But go ahead. Look, 
because of that, I I, I wouldn't be excited. Some people okay. were like, oh, but when he was on the Vikings, he you know he played well. I mean, I'm sorry, he coached well. Uh, yeah. They didn't throw a lot of interceptions. Nope. Kirk Cousins doesn't throw many interceptions. Period. It's not because Ken Kubiak, you know, draws up a good game plan. I think to, he does. Safe passes or whatnot. It's just Kirk Cousins doesn't throw any interceptions. Period. Okay. So uh, um, Clint Kubiak, he has the the stench of the Broncos still on him. I'd rather not go the Clint Kubiak route. Fair enough. All right. Now, this is a name that has not been put out there. Nope. I'm putting it out there. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Eric Bieniemy. Oof. Eric Bieniemy wants to be a head coach. Yes, I think does. Eric Bieniemy. Because I understand that Andy Reid has a lot to do with it. I understand Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't gotten that head coaching job. And I think it has a lot to now, do with it. what do you think that the, is? I think it's because everybody attributes a lot of it to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Which Facts. I think is, to an extent, maybe a fair point. This is why I am bringing his name up. I think he has learned enough under Andy Reid that he would be a good offensive coordinator on his own without Andy Reid holding his hand. Fair enough. And I think that in order to finally get that head coaching job that I think he deserves, I think he needs to go off and do what he does with the Chiefs. Maybe he can't do it to the same extent because he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes, but to prove himself not being under Andy Reid. So I think Eric Bieniemy should go ahead and try to find a job as an offensive coordinator somewhere else. If he can go ahead and make this depleted – disaster of an offense that the New York Jets put on the field every Sunday and make them average because mm-hmm. if we had an average offense, we would have been in the playoffs. I agree. I think that he would, all of a sudden people would be like, you know what? He can do this. He can do this with an average quarterback. He can do this with somebody that's not Patrick Mahomes. He can do this without Andy Reid really helping through it. So I think that Eric Bieniemy, although I haven't heard anything about him possibly coming to the Jets, I haven't heard about them requesting to talk to Eric Bieniemy. And I, I know that I think he had an interview with the Jets for the head coaching job same year that Rob Sala got it. So maybe he wouldn't want to come to the Jets just because they slighted him. But I think that if that was an option, I think that would be a great option, not just for the Jets, but for him also. That That's a great point. Um, I think I, I agree with 99.99% of what you said. Um, I think that he does need to go somewhere else to be able to prove uh, that he belongs as a head coach. Like I told you off air, I don't think he is um, ready to be a head coach um, just because I feel like that system is 99.9% Andy Reid and that other 1% is Patrick Mahomes. And and I'm not saying that because I just feel like if you call the right plays, you're going to put your team in the in, in a position to succeed. And I think Andy Reid consistently puts his team in a position to succeed. Moving on from that, um, I think if Eric Bieniemy came to the New York Jets, um, like you said, make them an average offensive team, it's going to go a, lot, a long way to show that, hey, maybe this guy does deserve a head coaching position, but he himself needs to make the decision of maybe me continuously work as successful as I am working under Andy Reid and having Patrick Mahomes my quarterback. If I want to be a head coach someday, I need to go somewhere else and prove it. The Baltimore Ravens are looking to steal Eric Bieniemy. They've, they've requested that. I think they're requesting to have an interview um, to have him come over and be the offensive coordinator there under under Harbaugh and have Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. But again, I think you're also putting yourself in another position where you're working under a great coach. You're going to have a potential MVP at quarterback Lamar Jackson. So it's like 
the job is going to be really easy, sort of say. But let's say mm-hmm. that you transform Lamar Jackson into more than just a running quarterback, and he probably uses more things than just his tight end. Maybe you also prove yourself there. So one way or another, whether it's Baltimore, whether it's New York, or whether it's somewhere else, I think Eric Enemy does need to leave Kansas City. I do also, and I really hope that the Jets consider contacting him. I think I hope that he would consider taking the job, even though they didn't hire him as a head coach a couple of years ago. Yep. And I, that, that to me would be my best case scenario, even though it's not even really an option right now. Right now, <clears throat> now moving on to my best case scenario that supposedly is an option because they are interested, but he's still in the playoffs, so they can't talk to him. Brian Johnson, the QB coach for the Eagles. I think you could take anybody that's on that offensive coaching staff from the Eagles right now and the way that they played this year, give any of them a shot because they looked great. Brian Johnson, I mean, again, he's not the offensive coordinator, but he's been working with Jalen Hurts. And look at Jalen Hurts. He's probably the MVP of the of the, of the Yeah, him, of the him and Mahomes. Yeah, him and Mahomes are like literally 1A, one, one, one 1B one right now. So just based off of the way the Eagles have looked, the way that the Eagles have played, and the fact that he is involved in the QB room and with the offensive coordinator, I think Brian Johnson, although we said earlier, taking another unproven guy, kind of like we did with Michael LaFleur, is, is risky. I yeah. think this is a risk I would be willing to take. I'd take him over Clint, Clint Kisberg. That's Clint Kubiak. Yes. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's just me. Jets fans, I, I'm saying you guys are in a position where – you exceeded expectation this season. You got to go get somebody that's done it before. Um, Clint Kubiak may not be that guy, but at least he's done it before. Um, he's been in that position before. I think that's a name that you go get. Or Danny, the last person on your list here that we're going to talk about momentarily is probably another great option just because he's also done it before. Um, Brian Johnson, I wouldn't do it just because of where your team is. If you were building a new coaching staff, yes, I'd probably bring Brian Johnson because then you don't have the expectations. But the fact that you and I and other a lot of Jets fans basically are saying that you guys are potentially going to make the playoffs next year, d- depending on how things go this offseason, you got to get somebody with experience. And Brian Johnson just doesn't have that yet. All right. And then the last name on my list is the person who I think will eventually end up being the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. I think Nathaniel Hackett will end up being the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. Now, we were just talking about Clint Kubiak and how horrible the Broncos' offense looked. Yep. Nathaniel Hackett was on the Broncos as the head coach, and that offense looked that bad under him. Now, I do think there are some people that are better coordinators than they are head coaches. Yes. Nathaniel Hackett might be one of them. I agree. I think that he did a great job with the Packers, and that leads me to my next point. I really do believe that the Jets have a legitimate shot at going ahead and trading for Aaron Rodgers. I agree. Aaron Rodgers loves Nathaniel Hackett. Yep. Because he loves Nathaniel Hackett, what better offensive coordinator to have in place when, if, or when you trade for Aaron Rodgers? He played, he might have won MVP. I don't know if it was the seasons that he won MVPs, but if not, he had great seasons under Nathaniel Hackett. So, I think that Nathaniel Hackett is probably going to get the job just because of his experience and also because of the connection to Aaron Rodgers because I really do think that Woody Johnson is setting his sights on Aaron Rodgers and he's going to set things in place to make it as as welcoming as possible for Aaron Rodgers to land here. I mean, there's plenty of reasons why I think Aaron Rodgers should come here and we'll get into that next week when we talk about the quarterbacks that we want, but... 
I do think that this would be step number one in attracting Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers has to agree to come here. He's not just going to get traded and then just go anywhere. He has to agree to it, and I think that this is step one in that process. As much as I wouldn't want that to happen for obvious reasons, I'm in your division. Right. Correct. You could potentially end up in a position where the Denver Broncos thought, this is the way we get Aaron Rodgers, and that failed miserably. Um, I think that because you bring him bring him in as an OC, it's not that much of a risk. Like, literally, the Denver Broncos are going to pay this man to be your offensive coordinator for the next four years. So it's like you guys are in a much better position to potentially get somebody who's better as an offensive coordinator than a head coach. There's a win right there. And then also potentially getting uh, an Aaron Rodgers because Nathaniel Hackett is in New York. Man, like I said, if it's not Clint Kubiak, I, I'd go Nathaniel Hackett just – Again, based off experience and based off the availability that you could potentially get um, Aaron Rodgers to come to New York. And if I'm not mistaken, Nathaniel Hackett had Blake Bortles looking like a real quarterback when he was in Jacksonville. He did. And to add to the fact that he has that history because he was on that same Jacksonville coaching staff that Rob Sala was on. Right. So he has that history also. So he has the history of Rob Sala because they worked together in Jacksonville. Also, what you're saying he is Blake Bortles might come out of retirement and come play for you guys next season. That's what you're saying. I, I'll take him over Zach Wilson. So, <laughs> he he has the history of Rob Sala. He has the history with Aaron Rodgers. I think that he is going to be the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. How long it takes to get announced, I don't know. I, my my dream would be for Eric Bieniemy to randomly decide that he wants to leave and he wants to go somewhere else and then we go get him. That's probably not going to happen. Brian Johnson, I think, would be a really great pickup also. But I do think Nathaniel Hackett is going to be the offensive coordinator for these New York Jets in 2023. I think you should put a poll up, man. I think we should put a poll up with those three names of Nathaniel Hackett, Clint Kubiak, and um, Greg Olson just because of, of the potential connections that you might be able to get out of it. I Again, Kubiak just because Gary Kubiak was a pretty good head coach. I think he learned plenty from his dad, and I think he'll be in a position to succeed if he's given the right pieces. But unless Gary Kubiak comes out of retirement and says that he's going to be an advisor of some sort while Fair his enough. son is there, yeah. I, I'm good. I'll okay. pass. Give me give me Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers, and I'm happy. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that you, you should get Nathaniel Hackett because I don't want you guys to have Aaron Rodgers. But, yes, outside taking my Dolphins head on, that that's probably the best way to go. Now, we're going to end it with this. Could you imagine – Next season, the AFC East. I already know where you're going with this. With Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers, Mm -hmm. and Tom Brady. That would sound extremely sexy. But you know what this reminds me of? Hmm. When the Dolphins had an opportunity to have a division with Tom Brady and Drew Brees in it, and we shit the bed. And you guys got Dante Culpepper? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if there's if there's a position that my Dolphins could slip up and not do what they're supposed to do, we're, we're going to find a way to do it. Well, thank you guys for listening all the way to the end of episode number 20 where we discussed offensive coordinators. I think Nathaniel Hackett will be that guy. Hopefully I'm wrong and Eric Bieniemy somehow surprises us. Whatever it is, as long as it ends up with Aaron Rodgers on our team, I'm good. And we will be coming back next week when we get to talk quarterbacks. And Anything else for the people? No, man. Listen, by the time we record this next week, we're going to be looking at what potentially is going to be the Super Bowl. So real quick, I think it's going to be Bengals-Eagles. That is my pick. Listen, 
I know that I said the 49ers are probably going to make it to the Super Bowl. I've said that a, a few times this week. But something about the way the Eagles played, I think it's going to be a great game in that division. I think it's going to be an Eagles-Bengals Super Bowl. How about you? I think it's Chiefs-Eagles. Okay. All right. We'll find out next week when we record for the for episode 21, where we're going to talk potential quarterbacks for the New York Jets this upcoming season. All right. And with that said, this was episode number 20, and we will catch you guys next week.